It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital, uh, part of the Ministry of Veterinary Group, uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Jane, on a glorious day. Oh, good afternoon, Patricia. It's absolutely beautiful. Isn't it? Goodness me, to be out and about in a day like today. Anyway, uh, now before we get to today's questions, earlier on this morning I was speaking with a woman from Kildare. She was putting an appeal out to dog and cat owners to pick up after their pets because her six-year-old son ended up back in December being hospitalised for a bacterial infection. Now, it took took nearly a week for the hospital to work out what was going wrong because this little boy was really, really unwell with vomiting and uh, diarrhoea and spiked really high temperature. And then they realised that it was from dog faeces. And then she had remembered, the mum had remembered that the previous week he'd been out playing on the green area with a lot of other children, kicking the ball around. And of course, when he came back in, she said she could smell the dog poo from him. Now she stripped him off put him straight into the shower and all of that but he somehow but it's a cautionary tale of just how serious it is. Absolutely and I think really it's a hazard that's very much understated and I think people maybe don't really realise like I suppose anybody out and about but even in your own homes in your own back garden picking up dog and cat feces is really really important for human health. Um, it's really, really scary to hear about that little boy who would have become so unwell, but I suspect it may be a little bit more common than we give it credit for. Um, so dogs and cat feces can harbour loads of really nasty bacteria. Salmonella, Compilobacter will be two of the main ones, but some really nasty strains of E. coli as well. But a really interesting thing is parasites are a major, major risk factor um, from leaving, let's say, dog and cat feces lying around out in the woods, on the walks, or in the back garden where the kids might be playing. Um, so one of the main parasites that dogs and cats get are, are roundworms. So they're big kind of wiggly worms that look like spaghetti. Um, and I'd be blue in the face from telling people, if you have kids, please make sure your worming protocols are up to date. Um, because that is one thing we can control, at least. There's some of the bacterial variables that we have no control over what comes out in our dog's stool. But the one thing I would really appeal to people is just make sure your worming is up to date. If you're not sure what you should be doing, speak to your vet. So we can contract the worms. And it's not that we necessarily have to eat the feces or be in contact. It can be casual contact. And if that happens to, to enter our system, we can get the same worms as our dogs and cats can. We can get the same bacteria. And they can have really disastrous consequences. And it tends to be, let's say, kids and the immunocompromised that it affects the most. So, you know, like people always always kind of say, oh, you know, he gets a wormer once a year. Like most adult dogs need to be wormed at least every three months. Um, and really vets are not really trying to make money out of anything like that. When we recommend worming, we're really trying to make a recommendation to keep you and your kids and your pets safe. 
So that's one thing we can control. The bacteria is something we can control a little bit less. So really, the, the, the aim of the game is just pick up that feces when you see it. If you're out and about, just be a responsible dog owner. Bring your bags if you dispose of it correctly. Don't leave it hanging on a tree somewhere. And if it's your own back garden, just be really fastidious about cleaning up the dog feces, um, particularly if there's kids in the household. Yeah, yeah, because how easy. It's just a simple thing. And yeah. But how unwell this little boy did five days in, in hospital, really, really unwell. And she said it took a full yeah. week for him to, him to recover. Cover. But she said the one thing now, as yeah. soon as he comes in, he's washing his hands like mad. So, so, exactly. some, so some good came for Okay, uh, let's get straight into questions. Question, please, for Jane Yervet. We have a cat. She is about 15 years old. Uh, recently, she started losing her fluffy coat. Now, I, th- I, know, I know the cats do molt at various times of the year, but I've never seen anything like the amount of coat she's shedding at the moment. There are bad patches with the skin showing under her neck and on the side of her body. It's actually awful to look at. She sometimes maybe gives an odd sneeze or a cough but she's eating her food so I'm, as a, I'm at a loss as to what's going on. I would appreciate any advice and that's from Mary with 15. That's a geriatric cat, isn't it? Yeah, 15 is, is getting getting into the latter years but we do see quite a, quite a surprising number of 15, 16, 17 year old cats. They are long lived little creatures when they're well taken care of. Uh, I think this is a this is really really observant on the part of the listener. I like to notice the the subtle changes in coat, subtle balding, maybe. And I think it really is something that would need to be looked into. To be honest with you, without examining the patient, there could be a number of things going on. It could be over grooming due to stress. It could be secret grooming when you're not watching. So there could actually be an itch or a scratch going on. But sometimes cats are really quite secretive little creatures, and um, so they'll only let say groom themselves or itch or scratch overnight. Um, so it could be a parasite, an allergy, although that would be less common, let's say, from an allergy point of view in our older patients. It's something that usually, let's say, affects or first appears in the younger to middle-aged patients. Um, it could be something as simple as they may not be able to groom themselves as much as they would have when they were a younger, more agile cat. Um, so let's say the hair that might be molting off um, is maybe molting in a slightly different pattern to usual because cats will normally groom themselves and long-haired cats in particular, um, they, you know, there's very usually very little loose hair because they'll have kind of groomed themselves and some of that will have been abraded off. If your cat is maybe a little bit stiffer, as we can get in our older older years, they may not be able to kind of um, reach some areas on their body um, to groom effectively. But that sounds like it wouldn't necessarily account for the balding that's occurring under the neck. There could be a number of options going on here, but the important thing is that our listener has been really, really observant to noticing it early. I would advise visiting your vet just for a full examination, um, both the skin and just a general geriatric cat exam, because keeping on top of these things as our pets get older gives us more options for treatment if we do find things early uh, rather than waiting until the later stages. And your vet will be able to guide you as to, you know, what might be the underlying cause. For and the fact, that m- number of the fact that Mary says she's eating away, it takes an awful lot for a cat to lose his or her appetite, doesn't it? Absolutely. Cats are pre-programmed really to get nutrition in no matter what. So they have to be really, really unwell before they stop eating. Um, so I think our, our little cat may may not be the most ill in the world by the sounds of it, but it definitely sounds like there is some change going on. And I always say, if there's a change in your vet's behaviour or a change in their normal pattern um, of eating, drinking, grooming, the change is what's the thing to watch out for because that's always the early detection sign. So a change is the time you should make your make your appointment with the vet for a further assessment. But best 
digestive looking getting it sorted. Okay, question for uh, Jane. I have two boxers, male and female. They're a four-year-old and a five-year-old. The female comes into heat and the male does the business and services her. Uh, they are not related. Uh, but the female doesn't come into pop and never has. Why does Jane reckon this is happening? Um, it's a little bit unusual. Um, unfortunately, dogs are tend to be exceedingly fertile, much to the inconvenience of owners sometimes when they're not wanting wanting to breed. Pups. Yeah. Um, I would suggest that if you don't want a litter of pups from this this lady dog, that you speak to your pet about getting her spayed. Um, although she doesn't necessarily. Um, if she doesn't get pregnant um, or, or hasn't thus far, it doesn't mean she won't in future. Yeah, but I, but I think but, from the tone of the text, they do want a litter of pups. Oh, if they do want a litter of pups, then what I would say is it will be the time to kind of seek reproductive health. So a four-year-old dog is, I suppose, getting on a little bit to have her first litter. It's still, it's still reasonably safe, but I suppose we like younger dogs for their first litters because statistically it's a little bit safer for them as the mum. If they haven't got pregnant at this point and you do actively want a litter and you're aware of all the responsibilities that come along with that and all the work that comes along with it, speak to your vet about going a little bit further into assessing let's say, how, how fertile she is and any, let's say, reproductive problems. It would also be a case of tracking the reproductive cycle and there are some blood tests, but also um, some, let's say, swabs that can be done around the time of heat to track that as the most fertile period. It's a complex area of medicine and it's extremely time dependent. So speak to your vet. But but what you're saying is, yeah, but animals do have fertility problems the same as humans. Exactly. They can do. Yeah, 100% they can. They don't tend to have the same stresses and strains as us in the modern world, so their fertility does tend to be pretty reliable on the whole. Could, could, less, definitely possible. And, and I know you're saying to get the female checked. Could it be the male's problem? Possible, yeah, like from both <laughs> just, perspectives. Just throwing yeah, it out there. <laughs> it's potentially possible. So yeah. there are a lot of things on the uh, similar to humans on the reproductive side yeah, okay. but it's, for motility but if they've if they've been trying for a few years at this stage you need to they need help at this stage yeah, yeah. Exactly. okay exactly. John John has a Springer Spaniel 12 years of age female very clean dog but of late has problems wetting herself she'll go to the toilet and it's noticeable when she sits down John is wondering could it be a diet thing they were at the vet but no one could find a solution Okay, this is an interesting one. So in older female dogs, sometimes we can have a number of things that will cause incontinence. So from the sounds of what our listener is saying, it it sounds like she's wetting herself when she's changing positions, so standing up, lying down, and she's not particularly aware of it by the sounds of it. So I'll I'll assume that. Um, It can be a number of things. The top things that will come to mind would be urinary sphincter incompetence so we have a little kind of tight muscle at the bottom of our bladder that stops the pee coming out when we when we laugh or when we move around and very similar to in older female ladies older dogs um, that are female can have a let's say a hormonal change which, which causes that little muscle that keeps the pee in to get a little bit lax and not as kind of good at its job of keeping the pee in so when we change positions so moving from standing up to lying down or let's say somebody rubbing the belly, if there's any pressure on the bladder as there is during movement, if that muscle is not really strong because there's been hormonal change associated with age, um, then a little bit of pee can leak out. 
And sometimes it's not a big problem, but it can become a very big problem from the point of quality of life of you in the home with the pee everywhere, but also for the dog herself, because if there's lots of, let's say, urine staining around the back end, that can actually be really irritant to the skin. So it's really important to get sorted because it can cause a lot of secondary issues on the skin, infections, discomfort, for example. The really important thing, however, is if this is quite a sudden change, is to rule out any bladder infection um, because sometimes that can cause, let's say, a greater sense of urgency and females might be caught a little bit short and do a little bit of a pee. It could be a combination of both as well. What I would say is if things haven't settled, I don't think it's likely to be diet-related, but revisit your vet. I think as vets, the most frustrating thing for us is when dogs that we're trying to treat disappear off into the ether and there's been no solution and, and we don't know. So unless you come back to us as vets and say, look, this hasn't worked, can we can we take this further? Um, we, we'll never know that things haven't settled down. So revisit your vet, tell them what's been going on. They might need to do some further diagnostics, be that urine sampling, ultrasounding of the bladder. They'll know what's most appropriate in your situation from examining your little dog. But I think just trusting your vet, trust the process. Go back and just flag that it hasn't quite settled down and they'll be able to get to the bottom of it. But I think potentially, let's say, that little muscle not working properly just due to hormonal change and that's something that is potentially treatable or potentially a little urine infection, which potentially could be treatable as well, um, will be the top things on my on my okay. agenda. So it's really important to, to get it seen too. All right, listen, have a lovely week. Enjoy the sunshine and we'll speak to you next Thursday. Thanks for that, Jane. You too. That Thank is uh, Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.